Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way to learn about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and we're joined by top London radio DJ and self-professed Japanophile, Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you? I'm alright. I've had a busy week, Chris, but I'm, I'm, I'm through the other end. It's, uh, it's, the weather's weird, I keep slipping over, but everything's You're fine, You're surviving <laughs> the beast from the east. <laughs> the beast, the beast from, from the east. What a horrible title. It's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> It's, it's, I find it a little bit xenophobic, a little bit distasteful. The actual storm front that's kind of rolled into London at the moment is uh, kind of... Well, it, it's called Emma, which is my niece's name. And I love Emma. She's brilliant. She's a brilliant baby. But now it's tainted my relationship with my niece, Chris. It's terrible. Well, it, it feels like the uh, the tables have turned somewhat, given how where I am, like in North Japan, the snow is absurd. Mm. But actually there's no snow here now. And as I what? frolic in the morning sun, you're buried under a foot of snow in the UK. So Covered in Sakura. I feel rather smug. <laughs> I feel rather smug about that. Oh. Uh, we this this podcast. So we've been going. This is our fourth episode now, mm. and things are going all right. Uh, I heard or I saw that we're on the front page of iTunes last week. Yes, which is good thing. I think I'm not a podcast genius. You are. But I think that's a good thing, right? It's great for marketing, and uh, <laughs> we became too big to ignore. Too big to fail, too like all the best banks. <laughs> so I think what, what's happened is quite a few people have discovered our podcast but don't actually know who we are. So uh, maybe we should quickly introduce who we are to those who don't mm. know who we are. Well, basically. well, shall I introduce you? I mean, Chris Broad is a YouTuber who lives in Sendai, Japan. I mean, you've lived all over the place, Chris, haven't you? And oh, uh, have, yes. and uh, basically he's been doing videos for a couple of years. Before that, he was a, he was a language teacher or language teaching assist, assistant, as we uh, learned last week, um, <laughs> and who could beatbox inexplicably. And oh, uh, and uh, he's been doing that for a few years, and uh, he's very popular, and you will have seen one of his videos online. Uh, when I hang out with him, it's hard to get close to him because he's covered <laughs> in groupies. <laughs> very kind of you, Pete. Well, Pete, you're, Pete is a very big deal not only did he get to interview ed sheeran last week the biggest musician in the world right now but he's also twitter verified and he has his very own wikipedia page the very pinnacle of success those those three things chris why do you get annoyed oh. about the twitter verified thing i don't understand this obsession i mean it's weird that you're not well one day one one can only dream how was it interviewing ed sheeran uh, well, he's a nice. I mean, he's a, he's a nice bloke. I mean, I, the the thing with those red carpet things is that you know it's just this so is the was, Brit Awards, right? Yeah, Brit Awards uh, last uh, Wednesday at the Auto in Greenwich, London. Like the like the Grammys, but a, li- a little bit more rough around the edges. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know what the Brit Awards are, <laughs> uh, so all the acts just come down the red carpet, and it's a oh, it's a nightmare trying to grab hold of everyone. So you know, you get certain promises. We were promised Dave Grohl, we didn't get Dave Grohl. We had to settle for uh, Ed Sheeran, uh, Rag and Bone had Man. Had to and, settle uh, for <laughs> Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I mean, you make it sound bad. He could be listening to this podcast. Right. I say that because he he seems to like Japan quite a lot. I think. Okay. Um, Back in 2016, it was in the news that he was uh, backpacking around Japan for a month through rural Japan. Ah. And uh, for a time, I mean, I, I thought, 
I was going to bump into him. You know, <laughs> there'd be me like jogging through a rice field in rural Japan, which is exactly what I do. Uh, I jog through rice fields in those hats. Thought, be, how amazing would it be if I like bumped into Ed Sheeran? It'd be like Notting Hill, but in Japan, and with the distinct absence of Notting Hill. But and then we could like go for drinks, and he could like plug the channel, and it'd be amazing. Uh, only thing is, I've only heard. I don't actually know more than two Ed Sheeran songs. No, I mean that would have been I, a difficult. If he'd gone, Chris, <laughs> what my, what are your three favourite songs of mine? I would have gone. Oh, so much to so much to choose from. Shape of You, the one with the Galway girl, and the the other ones you did. And well, that's yeah. Well, if he's a Japanophile, <laughs> if if he if he wanted to go to Japan, he will have Googled it. He will have YouTubed it, and you are quite prominent. That's how I found you for crying out loud. It's I wanted possible. to learn a bit about the culture. So, like, yeah, chances one are, drink. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ed Sheeran, biggest fan, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I I don't know if you heard there was a little earthquake in North Japan the other day. It wasn't serious. It was only right. like level three. But because my apartment was built built in the 1980s, mm. uh, when there's even the slightest of earthquakes, the entire building turns into a rocking horse. So I'm on the fourth floor. Right. And it's absolutely terrifying. Have you ever experienced an earthquake in your many encounters or many trips to Japan? No, never. Um, I think... Never? I, I, I've been so lucky or unlucky, possibly. I don't know. But, like, when they talk about counterweighting... <laughs> no, when they talk about counterweighting buildings and kind of having uh, a building, uh, you know, th- th- those kind of anti-earthquake measures they put into buildings, I still don't know how they work, Chris. I still don't know well, the how they managed to do it. <laughs> the anti-earthquake measure is to make the building out of paper, basically. <laughs> uh, so there's no buildings made of bricks here, mate. Uh, like, right. this building I'm in is made of effectively cardboard. Mm. And the idea is that the building kind of sways a bit more. It's not as brittle as bricks, ah. right? So it won't shatter. Like, it's amazing to think how resilient these buildings are. When I used to live mm. in uh, Yamagata, mm. I didn't feel a single earthquake in three years. That's a lie. I felt two earthquakes, right? And here in Sendai, we, there was a point when I was, we were getting them every day for like two weeks in a row Jeez. Uh, last year. So this, this part of Japan is a lot more seismically active. And, uh, yeah, it's not particularly fun. Do you reckon they, it Not plays into the culture somehow? Because, I mean, the emotional kind of baggage of the earth being angry with you all the time, <laughs> it would weigh heavy <laughs> on my shoulders, to be honest, Chris. It's, uh, it's a little bit intimidating, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first time it happened, the, you get these, um, these phone alarms, like your phone goes mental mm. when there's an earthquake, if it's a major one. The right. first time I was sitting in my apartment, I'd lived in Japan three months, and uh, I was sitting in my desk eating some fried chicken... I, I'm not even lying, I was eating fried chicken because I remember it so vividly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just sitting there on the floor, eating my fried chicken, and all of a sudden the building started swaying left to right, and there's this ominous hum. When you have an earthquake, you hear this low-level, kind of really low-level hum, humming right. noise, and it's really intimidating. And it scared the hell out of me, and I didn't know what to do, so I, I ran up, I grabbed my fried chicken. And, uh, <laughs> Grab everything you I ran to the <laughs> Take everything you need, and I ran to the doorframe because I thought... Oh yeah, uh, that's you, what you're supposed say, to stand in the door frame because if the ceiling comes down, mm. the door frame's fine apparently, even though it definitely wouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> especially in that apartment, I was on the first floor, so four stories would have come down. And I don't think <laughs> a little tacky wooden door frame can resist four stories of concrete. But uh, yeah, that was my experience. <laughs> eating a man alone, bracing himself against a doorway, eating fried chicken, his <laughs> greasy hands against the the paintwork. Chris, that's what an adorable sight. <laughs> Oh. But, I mean, this week, I wanted to dive into the topic this week of uh, space in Japan. Oh, what do you and mean, like... the Japanese kind of... Well, the Japanese attitude towards space. Oh, not the final the frontier, not the space race or No, we're not like going to talk the Japan space race. That's, that's for another podcast, <laughs> when something actually happens that's interesting. Uh, but, uh, no, I thought we'd talk a bit about uh, Japanese space in Japan, how they see size and scale right. in the context of Japanese apartments and capsule hotels. Hmm. Ah, okay. That, that, I mean, that's an interesting thing, because that, that is one of the first things you sort of realise once you've wedged yourself into your hotel shower unit. You go, wow, <laughs> they are really efficient with this space here, because <laughs> they have to be. They are. I, uh, I mean, all vloggers, when, when all, vlog- all vloggers come to Japan, the first thing they do is make a, a video about Japanese apartments, because it always seems to get big views. And right. It was my first video, and I don't know why the world is fascinated by Japanese apartments, but it always seems to get millions of views. Mm, except the, my video didn't. 
<laughs> and that's unfortunately why my video is the exception. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a door in uh, oh, where's that place? Harajuku. There's a place, there's a little door that these that I think might be a shop or maybe a little museum for little girls. And you walk past it, and it's a little door, <laughs> and it's like it's about as high as your knee. And little girls have to kind of like crawl away into this doorway. And I'm always Whoa. thinking, what's in there? <laughs> but it seems completely well, normal what? to everyone. Have you not ventured in yourself? No, because it looked... No. <laughs> <laughs> it probably sa- wouldn't go down too well. No, for the same reason I shouldn't be in, you know, little girls' clothes shops, I'm not going to venture inside, <laughs> but I think that's what it is. I think it might be a, a, a Japanese little girls' clothes shop or possibly museum, but either way, I ain't getting on my hands and knees and, you know, <laughs> this horrible old man going, let me in! Let me into your tiny yeah, house! Probably. <laughs> probably not advisable. No. No. Uh, <laughs> you Have you ever stayed in a Japanese apartment? Have you ever gone in? Have you ever used like Airbnb or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I discovered Airbnb uh, in uh, Tokyo, so every time I, st- I kind of stay in the same place, to be honest. It's this tiny, tiny little flat. Uh, very, very cheap in Shibuya. I mean, I'm sure I can uh, link someone with the, the Airbnb link if, if, if completely necessary. Free publicity. Free publicity <laughs> on the Born Japan podcast. I know, right? Uh, but it's just this it's just this dude's house, basically. Uh, it's like a really small apartment. Um I mean, it has two beds, but it's just one big room. Uh, it's incredibly uh, convenient and uh, price efficient when it comes to having three or four people. But I mean, you are living on top of each other. Again, the thing that always mm. surprised me, the, the thing that always got me um, excited and interested with, with stuff is the um, is the modular bathrooms they have in these tiny apartments. So, like, the you've modular bathrooms. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're like they're, they're, they're bathrooms that are just pretty much one piece. They're, 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 they're taken in in three or four That's different right, pieces, yeah. nailed together, sealed. They call it like a unit bath, I think. It's a five or six piece bathroom. It's got a toilet in there, sink, shower module. They just screw everything together, seal it up. It's an incredible piece of uh, engineering. Very deep baths as well. Surprisingly deep baths. Maybe it's got something to do with the fact that uh, Japanese but people love an onsen. I don't know why the baths are so deep. It's like, yeah, even baths in Japan are different to the West in size yeah. and scale. They're not long. They're kind of deep mm. and... I think it. I don't actually know why that is. Honestly, I don't. What I do know is Japanese families. Well, I think a lot. Most Japanese families have their kind of bath in the uh, in the evening. Mm. So and they have it one by one. So like you know the kids will go in, then afterwards the adults go in, and they all use the same water. Oh. They all use the same water, and they have a little lid that they put on top of the bath while all the water's still in it. Keep it warm. So they kind of recycle and reuse the water. Yeah, which is either a good or bad thing depending on. Your <laughs> your views on hygiene, and then, but, and uh, then they pour it's, out it's the water idea, into their ramen <laughs> to make the, <laughs> to make their cup noodles for the evening. Wow, that is efficient. How distasteful. <laughs> uh, I Literally. mean, yeah, I I used to in the winter months. I used to sit in my uh, in my bath in my apartment, hmm. and because my I couldn't afford like heating, and it was so damn cold. <laughs> and my you, I didn't really have a decent heating system because. Uh, most apartments and houses don't have like central heating in Japan. They just use a kerosene heater or right. an air conditioning unit, which mm. is I, what I'm using now, an aircon mm. that switches into a heater. All right. uh, so I used to use my bath as a way of staying warm and not dying of like hypothermia. <laughs> so I would just sit in my bath, scrunched up like in a ball, because I couldn't actually have my legs going fully out because it was quite a, a short <laughs> bath. But it's really weird, you know. Yeah, you're, that is a little bit submerged <laughs> and, up to your and, neck in water, but you can't stretch out. And then the family from next door would come in and use the water, and it'd be just wonderful. (laughs) When I look back at my time in my first... I've lived in, I think, three Japanese apartments now, and I look back at it all pretty favourably. Like, my first apartment, which I put in my first ever video, uh, I liked it. It was quite cool. It wasn't that big. It was... You just have one room where you have your kitchen and your washing machine stuff with the bathroom built on. And then the main room, which is the sitting room, is also your bedroom. Right. So every night when I'd come home from work, I'd have to roll out my futon. Obviously, you sleep on a futon mm. in most apartments in Japan. Uh, sleeping on the floor is actually quite pleasant. It I... might sound bad. Like, to people in the UK, you think, oh, the floor. But actually, <laughs> uh, I slept really well. For the three years I slept on I don't know why. I don't know what the magic behind it was, given that the futon was only about three inches thick. <laughs> uh, it was surprisingly comfortable, and I slept very well on it. When I've used in like a rear kind of something, when I've used like a little futon, it was just like a rolled out kind of thin duvet. Yeah. Really, it's not really anything. There's no support there, and a tatami mat underneath. 
I've slept better than That's I've right. slept anywhere. It's incredible. Like, we, we in the West, I think, we're kind of, like, cajoled, mainly because, I guess, you know, in, in the podcast game <laughs> specifically, we get advertised uh, mattresses all the time. We're told that, you know, the squishiest mattress is the better, this and that. But when you actually get down to it, it's mm. such a rich, lovely sleep, sleeping on the floor. I don't know what it is. I think it's the idea of sleeping on the floor is quite comforting. Mm. I don't know. Matt, that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, <laughs> sleeping on the... Because f- you can't fall out of bed. There's no <laughs> risk of that ever happening. You're such a drunk Chris. You just sort of roll out onto the floor, yeah. <laughs> always reverts to falling out of things. But, like, there's something quite comforting about, yeah. you know, you can roll over and not fall out. But uh, I slept well. The only downside to my apartment was my kitchen. Japanese kitchens are fantastically, tragically small. Mm. Uh, and I... I had to use my ironing board as kitchen space. For three years, my ironing board stood in the kitchen next to the sink. And I used to, like, prepare all my food on it. It was quite a surreal Whoa. experience. But I liked it. Did you- I felt... Like I was in a movie or something. Did you have like a situation? <laughs> Whenever something where... bad happens, just just make it feel like you're in a movie. It, it feels like a movie. Like... A sad like a movie, movie. A happy movie. <laughs> a movie when I get a disease. <laughs> when a man gets a disease movie. from you eating off a, eating <laughs> off an ironing board. The uh, actually, to be honest, I've got like an apartment. You know, with with three rooms: a kitchen, a front room, a, a bedroom, and a bathroom. Obviously, um, I use my ironing Luxury. board as a projector stand. So when I'm in bed, I can watch as a projector stand. <laughs> Yeah, just to watch a bit this of Netflix. Is, Lovely old job. I think I think we've uncovered a whole new market for ironing board. <laughs> it really? Like, is. It should be rebranded as like some sort of unique item. Although I guess we're just using them as tables, so <laughs> it's not I'm, quite that special, is it? The, the I think the Japanese word for iron might actually be iron. Now. Try to iron, iron, yeah, iron. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, that, that's just you know how the, how the uh, how the R's and L's get um, pronounced out there. But like trying to order that uh, over hotel um, <laughs> through the hotel <laughs> phone system, iron, iron, iron. Iron die. <laughs> just, you say like iron die. Iron die. Iron die. It means like yeah. It means like ironing board. Uh, <laughs> I don't die. I just couldn't. But the one thing that is very exciting, if you're a Westerner, um, the iron that is probably most popular in Japanese hotels, um, they're all wireless. So you've got a little stand that plugs into the wall. Um, you, you put it on the stand for a bit, and then you take it off, and it's completely wireless. Oh, you could iron something in the next room. Now Chris. you say that. Well, you say that like it's a good thing, but I actually had a problem with that a few months ago. I made a video actually called like uh, "Day in My Life in Tokyo," and I went to Tokyo mm. to win some sort of award on stage. And before the award, I had to go and get... I had to put on a nice shirt. And I pulled mm. the shirt out of my bag. It was crumbled. It looked dreadful. And I was like, no problem. I'll iron it. And I called in the iron. Uh, called in the iron? Uh, then I couldn't... I, it took me two hours to work out how to use it, by which point <laughs> I was screwed because I had to go down to the award ceremony. So I went... I had to wear a jumper in the end to hide the uh, the tragically <laughs> terrible shirt. Uh, so damn the wireless irons of Japan. Damn them all to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. But, I mean, you were telling me a little bit about um, oh, that tiny escalator. Uh, you, you showed me a video about, like, you know, like, we talk about size and space and stuff like that. Um, there's this famous escalator uh, in Kawasaki. Yes, the Puchiculator. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this thing. Puchi means small, right? Puchi right. means small. You use it for lots of things. Okay. Uh, like, Puchi potato, like, small potato, or Puchi pan, it's like, Small bread. Oh, okay. I, I just made that up. But anyway, Puchiculator, <laughs> <laughs> the tiny escalator, the smallest in the world. Wow. Guinness World Record, 1989. It's in uh, Kawasaki in Tokyo. <laughs> uh, and it's no less than, what, five? It's five steps, isn't it? Five five and steps just going round and round and round. I mean, I imagine there's more steps on the underside of the escalator because that's how escalators work. But maximum ten. Maximum ten teeth. It looks like the most pointless thing ever done by humans, given that the escalator only goes down, it doesn't even go up. <laughs> and after you've, after you've ridden the Puchiculator down five stairs, there's another five stairs, real, actual stairs, you have to walk <laughs> down anyway. Why didn't they make a ten-stair escalator? But I'm guessing they thought, I know, let's invest in the world's smallest escalator. Yeah. Maybe it'll bring our shopping centre praise and applause. Why? And it didn't make it... really... <laughs> I don't, <laughs> 
Why? It's so weird. <laughs> Why make it five steps, though? That's what I don't understand. It's like, make I, it two. I think they must have done it. I think they must have done it for the world record. You reckon? They must have gone, uh. there's our shopping centre, what can we do? What's the one thing we can do to stand out? I know, a tiny escalator <laughs> that doesn't even have any practical use. In the uh, Japanese um, supermarket around the corner from me in Piccadilly, they, they, they used to sell a lot of um, Japanese food. They used to sell uh, takoyaki, which is uh, one of my favourite dishes. like, oh, great. Was it edible? Uh, yeah, it's good. No, they make it fresh there, so it's, it's decent. It's not like... Um, I remember buying in a department store um, a uh, takoyaki uh, space food. So like, How would freeze... you explain takoyaki to listeners that don't know what it is? Uh, like okonomiyaki, but in balls. Skills. Like an eggy omelette, but in ball <laughs> form. And there's a You secret... haven't sold it. No, I haven't an really. eggy have ball. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> Eat my eggy balls! <laughs> You're ridiculous. It's a chopped up octopus in mm. batter. Yeah. With a bit of mayonnaise on and a bit of uh, Worcester sauce with fish flakes. Yeah, it's it's. So I don't know if that sells it either, but that's no. what it is. <laughs> it is good. It's frighteningly addictive. It's a great kind of late night food. Whenever I'm in Osaka, yeah. I walk down the street, I grab some takoyaki, and I win at life. It's just amazing. <laughs> the, uh, the, the 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 Japanese um, supermarket around the corner from me in Piccadilly, London, uh, they've got an escalator that goes up, but it's very thin. It's unspeakably thin, and it gives me that horrible anxiety that makes me think I'm standing on the wrong, wrong side of the escalator but you can't stand anywhere else because it's single file it's, it's a single file escalator up and a single file escalator down and you rarely see that kind of business to be honest uh, I, th- I think um, Tokyo and Osaka have two different rules about which side you're supposed to stand on uh, and walk up on an escalator and for anyone who lives in the city t- knowing the wrong mm. one is very upsetting it's very worrying you know I never remember which one's which mm. I think Tokyo you go up on the left Right. Osaka, right. Yeah, I think that might be the case. I mean, if we're getting that wrong, uh, you I, know. I mean, I forget every time, and then when I arrive, I kind of look what everyone's doing and <laughs> follow the pattern. I think Tokyo left, Osaka right. Right, OK. <laughs> but don't but, quote me on that. But but the um, the uh, Puchi, Puchi uh, escalator would have been quite <laughs> useful in... Uh, Tokyo Hands. Now, Tokyo Hands is a department store, a departo, I believe they call Tokyo them, Hands. in, in uh, mm. Shibuya. Uh, 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 I mean, they have them all over the place, I presume, Chris. Tokyo Hands. There's one in Sendai, yeah. Mm. I, what's your obsession with Tokyo Hands? Well, it's... People love this store. People, when it arrived in Sendai a year ago, it's basically a store that sells everything. It sells, it sells so everything. It's, right? So it's 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 the greatest department store in the known universe. And I bring it up now because the Pugilator Escalator would have been perfect because they've got half floors. <laughs> so you're never either you're never on the third floor. Half you're never on the fourth floors. floor. Yeah, they've got like the three point five floor, the fourth floor, or the four point <laughs> five floor, and it kind of goes around in a circle, like a kind of it's just a winding staircase up and down. It's cool. weird, but it's made of many floors. Um, usual department store stuff. You got floor so like beauty and stationery, food utensils. There's a floor where you can buy pets. It's like a proper old school 70s um, Harrods kind of thing. So you can go and buy a turtle or a guinea pig You're or something. You're comparing it to Harrods. <laughs> You're comparing Tokyo Hads to Harrods. It's that it's like, good. That's like comparing a Ferrari to a Peugeot. The basement floor has like a craft floor and it's basically got every material does, you yeah. could possibly really need good. but in really weird ships if you want like a three quarter inch pipe of perspex roughly a meter long you can have it if you need a two meter version of that it's got that <laughs> as well if you need a, a giant polystyrene orb things you didn't even know existed i know if you, yeah, you got... i think i went in there actually and i found a polystyrene head yes and i thought how can i use a polystyrene head to they've got like, polystyrene ears for the polystyrene wow. heads i swear that the basement of tokyo hands has everything that's needed to make all the other stuff in the building I'm apart from the pets you've been sent by tokyo hands <laughs> to plug tokyo hands you ridiculous boy i've never seen anything <laughs> like it it's beautiful but yes so we could do with a pudgicolator on that because they've only got half floors and it's very confusing for me anyway <laughs> sweet chocolate wow and we're back, Chris. We're back from the break. You all right, mate? Oh, yeah. Had a quick <laughs> shot of coffee. We're back in the game. Whoa! Now, capsule hotels. Have mm. you ever stayed in a capsule hotel? No. I've always promised myself <laughs> I would, and then I never did. <laughs> What's your image of a capsule hotel? Uh, in fact, did you know, you can actually do it now in London. They, uh, they opened a brand new one in London Bridge. In uh. London, obviously. In, they opened a new one just this month. Did they? Uh, I mean... So I think it's about £25 a night. Just think, it took it, the first capsule hotel opened in 1979 mm. in Osaka. It took 30 years, almost 30 years, to arrive in London. 
That's so weird. I think that um, the British might be a bit more... Because the, the British are very into buying their own houses. The British are very, like, you know, gen, you know, man's home is his castle and all that stuff. I reckon people might get a bit... I think they might get a bit iffy. But, I mean, perfect for, like... Yeah, perfect for the, for the youngsters, I'd say. I'd, I'd be bang up for it. I think... Um, it might well, I can't of, see anyone under 30 or... Like diving into a capsule or a pod uh, on a night out, but I mean they're perfect for a good night out. Well, exactly. In if, fact, if you that's live why out they, the that's why they started in Osaka. Like the idea was, after a late night bit, a bit of late night drinking, which is common in Japan, mm. right? You have to go drinking after mm. work often. Uh, you could just dive into a capsule, and they also sold. Or they, I think they still do sell. Uh, shirts, so you can actually change clothes in the capsule hotel before you go back into work the next day. So you don't get embarrassed going home to your wife drunk <laughs> at 2am in the morning. So that's what capsule hotels were kind of originally for. Uh, <laughs> that's and now amazing. these days are everywhere across well, Japan. The, the the kind of image I get is because obviously I've seen like you know the Japanese um, salary men kind of like lying on the streets and you know sometimes they'll rent out like a, um, a karaoke room for the night and just sleep there. You've got <laughs> love hotels. It, it just is a big, it's culture of just never going home. Everything's fine. I live to work and then I work to drink <laughs> and, then, and then I just lie down wherever I can. Really, you think, it's yeah, incredible. You, th- you think that would resonate with British people? After <laughs> no, long, we're after exactly long the night same. Drinking, but alas, <laughs> yeah, no, I think. I think the idea of plunking into a six foot seven inch I think they're about four foot wide and three foot high right so it's it's like going into a coffin basically <laughs> uh, I think the first time I did it I woke up the next morning and I was like where the f- where am I what is this like, I thought mm. I was dead or something uh, it took me a few like it took me like half a minute to work out what was going on uh, but I've had pretty mixed experiences with capsule hotels like, okay uh, on the one hand they could be good. Uh, I filmed one last year, which had a. I had two pods, no less, two pods. Uh, one to like sleep in, and one below uh, where I could like sit and watch TV. It was ah. like a tiny mat pod. And in, really in, bizarre. And, and in between, and in between a little escalator to get you down to the bottom pod. <laughs> that would have been perfect. I hate climbing into a capsule; it feels obscene. But uh, I actually had to... Another time, though, I stayed in one in Akihabara, mm. and I had to check out. I was going to plan to stay there three nights, mm. and uh, one night in, I just couldn't sleep because there were so many people coming in now, and it was yeah. uh, a lot of foreigners were using it. And uh, I think the reason capsule hotels work so well in Japan is because Japanese people are a lot more kind of respectful and yeah. kind of... Uh, a lot more self-aware of mm. how noisy they're being. In this one, they weren't. They didn't care. It was like I was in a party. <laughs> and uh... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. 
With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash Japan. You know, there was so much noise going on. So the next day I went down and I was like, oh, I'm checking out. And they were like, they were shocked. The staff were like, oh, you're checking out the first day in? And I was like, yes. And they looked so uncomfortable at this revelation that I couldn't break it to them. The reason I was leaving was because it was sh- really bad. <laughs> uh, I, had, I, had to, I literally said, oh, I've got a business meeting in Sendai today, so I have to go now. And they were like, oh, okay. But I was so embarrassed. Uh, but yeah, no, it was awful. So, a bit of a mixed bag for me. But for 2,000 yen a night, you can't complain, I guess. You really can't complain. What do you expect? Or if you do complain, you can just leave and uh, tell a lie to the person who's uh, looking after <laughs> you. Pretend and you've we, got a business meeting. Yeah, were you really... Because, I mean, presumably you spent the rest of the time in Akihabara, and um, did you ever run into the people who you'd lied to? Were you looking over your shoulder all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that would have been really awkward. Like, I thought you were at a business meeting. No, uh, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I, um, I, I, I never know whether or not to recommend capsule hotels. I guess it depends on what kind of a person you are. If you're backpacking hmm. alone, yeah, go for it. It's about the same price as staying at a hostel, though. Hmm. And I do think capsule hotels are a little bit better than a hostel dorm, as you get a bit more privacy and your hmm. very own TV yeah. jammed in there. Um, yeah. But uh, personally, I avoid them these days and just stay in just really cheap hotels for two thousand yen. Mm, for about five thousand yen more, you get your own room. So, I, I think with yeah. um, with with terrible jet lag, which is what you always get in Japan, um, <laughs> I think I think just going from love hotel to love hotel would probably work. To be honest, um, I'm sure we'll come on to that subject um, fairly soon. But like, oh, you know, st- staying hour by hour, just doing five hours here, waking up, wandering around, then going back for another couple of hours, um, paying by the paying by the hour or the two hour or the three hour. I think would work for me to be honest. That's yeah. kind of my routine. Oh man, it's dreadful. I always wanted to stay in that um, the Nakagin um, apartment building in Tokyo. That beautiful oh, Nakagin capsule hotel, futuristic. It's not kind a hotel of, actually. It's, mm, it's just stunning, isn't it? It's incredible. It's like a big metal bush made of washing machines they were like it was like loads of different pods they were designed to be modular you could add and replace them uh, as, and, as and when they, they guys they, they, they became um, unworkable or broken um, there was actually a guy That's renting right. out an apartment give it a google uh, Nakagin apartment building in Tokyo I can't remember which part of Tokyo yeah it, definitely it's... check it out if you've never heard of it or seen it it's actually in the Wolverine movie Oh, is the it? Wolverine movie set in Japan. He stays there, uh, <laughs> but uh, which which helped like publicise it. But yeah, right. the it's basically if you imagine the idea of a capsule hotel, imagine the capsules are kind of built, are kind of like broken down and kind of built and stuck together into a pile, a bit like Lego. Mm. Uh, it's a really wacky looking building. All the capsules sticking out. The idea was you could take your capsule, which is about the size of a small apartment, you could take it with you. So when you moved. You would just take your capsule out of the entire building, yeah. Stick it on the back of a of a lorry, and then drive off to your new kind of home. Yeah, with I think capsule on. I think they were planning on making loads of these buildings, these modular buildings, mm. these modular pods and stuff. And it, they look so kind of 
like seventies space age kind of thing. I mean, now they're oh, it's stunning, but now, it's a stunning building. But now, I mean, it looks like it'll probably be demolished because I don't think um, th- th- there's questions as to whether it's uh, whether it's earthquake resistant. It's covered in asbestos. <laughs> it's uh, well, like, <laughs> for nightmare asbestos. But I read that the cost of removing one pod, like if you have a home there and you've got your little pod where your apartments in, mm. the cost of removing one of those pods was equal to just bulldozing the whole, the whole building. <laughs> so the concept really didn't work. Yeah, well, I, uh, I, I think they were planning on having so many of these kind of complexes of these apartments that could be moved around. I think the economy of scale would have helped there, but, you know, just building one and basically, going... One big Jenga, one big bloody pile of Jenga, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing. There was a guy who used to rent it out actually on Airbnb, um, but no um, I think he's yeah. I really wanted to do it, but I didn't get on. I didn't get on it um, oh. quick enough, and uh, I think he's either all booked or he's just kind of left the site. But uh, fascinating, fascinating place to. Uh, if you're in to Tokyo, stay. I, de- I definitely uh, recommend checking it out, though. Oh, it's, it's like, an amazing uh, building. You, it's, it's near. Um, it's right next to Shinbashi and Ginza. Right. So if you're doing some shopping in the high-end shopping district of Ginza, have a little walk over and you'll be able to see it there, mm. near Ginza. Uh, definitely on my like top ten lists of mm. top ten list of like things to see in Tokyo. Definitely, definitely. If you're into if you're into your architecture anyway. Mm. Yeah. It's a stunning uh, building. Uh, Chris, one thing you wanted to do, or one thing I want to do as well, I think it's really interesting for people who um, love Japan who want to travel to Japan, maybe they've not been in Japan before, um, maybe chuck it in a bit of Japanese vocabulary. It might be a nice feature for the show. Yeah, vocabulary relating to size. Yeah, exactly. Given the topic, I'll do a test for you, because mm. you uh, you know your Japanese. <laughs> no, I <roughly>. don't. <laughs> All right, you don't. But you know a bit, don't you? I know a little you bit. You know a bit more than you let on. I, I, mean, I can, I can, order, revealed... I can order a bit of food. <laughs> well, last week you revealed you know the word chigaimas, which yes. is... Quite impressive. You know? <laughs> that's, that's good. Unless you just—it's a complete fluke—and that was one of the words you learned. But that's that's quite an impressive thing to know. So let's do a little <laughs> test. What is the word for big? Uh, you know what? I know this one, Chris, and I'll tell you for why. Hey. I've got a story behind the word. Uh, is it orky? Orky? It is. Yeah, orky. O o k i i. Orky. Good. Good. I learned the word orky because I was in a restaurant the first time I went to Japan. Um, many uh, restaurants right. in Japan they don't have menus they have those um, machines in the doorway that you have to choose your dish and press the buttons and you get a ticket dispensed and then you give that ticket ah, right. that says what you want you give it to the chef and he cooks the food yeah um, common in ramen shops yeah Yeah, and and I, what I'd done was <laughs> I'd ordered I'd ordered enough for like a family of five um, on my first trip to Japan <laughs> and I think the man thought I was a competitive eater he could not believe how much food I'd ordered oh my lord so I why why, why did you order so much because well, I just kept pressing the buttons and the tickets kept oh. coming out and I was like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know how to get my money back pinball machine <laughs> pinball wizard the ramen but, machine oh, I'd eaten so much food Chris it was terrible so I googled were you um, able to finish it all god no I left most of it that's why I know the word because oh, I googled no. like too big it says oki sugiru um, <laughs> and so I went oh, rubbing the stomach and going oki sugiru Gomenasai <laughs> was saying I'm so sorry um, and sort of left Brilliant. with my tail between my legs and my stomach over my trousers it's actually um, Sugiru Perfect. Sugiru and the, the shortening of that um, Sugi is quite an interesting one so when people are drunk uh, Nomi Sugi is kind of like a slang term is that right for uh, being a drunkard Nomi Sugi yeah, and Tabi Sugi yeah, drank and eat too much yeah. Nomi Sugi Sugiru <laughs> yeah. is a great word to know for anything basically Beautiful. Oki Sugiru is too yeah. big or Isogashi Sugiru is uh, too busy, you know. Ah. You can slap Sugiru on the back of most, uh, like, adjectives, and it means too big, yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. All right, let's try a second word. Uh, Well, if we've done big, what's small? Uh, That would be Chizai. 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 Yeah, good. Good, good. No stories there. No, no stories there, (laughs) but I always think of a chisel. I always think of a tiny chisel to remember it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, very good. So you're using mnemonics to learn words. I draw. I whenever Images I learn a new word, I always just draw a little, um, a little picture. So I've got like loads for different things. Yeah, like... I, to, I did that when it I was helps, diving into it? learning. I, I used to do that. It does. Yeah, it definitely does. What about um, like really big? Do you know there's, there's a certain word for like really big? Oh no, I don't know these at all. I don't know really big. Oh. I you know <laughs> really big. Well, it's, really it's kind big. of like. To mean like Oki Sugiru, you say like Dekai. Ah. Dekai. 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 Like, just imagine deck chair and I. 
No, I'm thinking. Oh, I'm thinking Deckard from um, Blade Runner, but really big. Good. <laughs> Good. Deckard. Uh, what about wide? Wide. Wide. Uh, I know this one. Uh, a man once described Good. my forehead as being rather heroi. <laughs> and I googled the word, and I was not impressed with his description of my massive forehead. <laughs> that is brilliant. Heroi. Oh, man. What a great way to learn the word heroi. I know, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Heroi. Um, you actually use the word heroi in lots of ways. Uh, for example, if, you, if you're if you talking about your apartment, mm. right, you wouldn't say it's big, you wouldn't use oki, you'd kind of say hiroi. Ah. So you often use like words like wide and the opposite. Uh, you use wide and narrow in the context of size and scale right. in an actual kind of building, things like that. Ah. They have a very, the way they use big and small is a little bit different. So do you know the opposite of wide in Japanese? No, no, I, no, I definitely don't. It's uh, semi. 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 Right, OK. Well, that's gone in the noggin. So if you often... Well, if you often... If I'm, like, referring to my apartment, I'll be like, この oh, apartment mm. It's a little bit... It's a little bit narrow. Ah, A little okay. bit narrow. Ah. Well, semai. don't bash into yeah. things, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we, so what have we learned? We've learned... We've learned uh, Oki. Uh, we've oki. learned Oki. That's big. Chizai. Small. Small. Um, dekai. Really big. Really big. Dekai. Good. Uh, wide yeah. is um, heroi. Heroi. My, my massive heroi forehead. Uh, and, <laughs> Pete's and head is heroi. <laughs> Heroiness. <laughs> <laughs> Semi uh, being narrow, of course. So there's your, there's your vocabulary Semi, for the week. Yeah. We're, we're so educational, Chris. <gasps> yes, by the end of this series, you'll be a master of Japanese. I know, right? It's incredible, Probably. isn't it? <laughs> Um, so let's move on to the wacky news of the week. I always like a wacky news story. That's kind of what Japan's wacky all about, really. I mean, it's it's, it's something else. Um, there are some new kind of chips, uh, new kind of fries from McDonald's Japan. Um, they've added a new sauce, Chris, and I'm not I'm not on board. I can't say I'm surprised. What is it? <laughs> it's uh, it's bolognese sauce and cheese. Bolognese sauce and cheese. Oh my god! Cacatemio. I don't know if I can get cheese, on that. Cheese bolognese. Ugh. <laughs> well, I mean, they had that thing a few years ago: cheese McDonald's fries, where right. it's some cheese sauce, uh, right? And that was all right. Mm. I did a little video on that, and that was ridiculous. That went viral, like got a million views in like two days, and it's just me pouring some cheese on some fries <laughs> because the world is obsessed with Japan's attitude towards McDonald's and the yeah. way they kind of do things a little bit differently. Uh, will I try bolognese sauce and cheese? Probably not. Does mm. it look good? Have you seen uh, pictures of it? It looks all right. I mean, it, I, I think it's... Um, you know, like, in America, you get, like, wet fries, and then you sometimes get a bit of, kind of, like, mince on the top. If It's a very American thing. But is it actually real, like, bolognese, or is it just some sort of dodgy powder? Oh, no, it's... it's uh, well, I mean, God knows where that cheese has come from, but certainly there's definitely... <laughs> uh, there's definitely some mince in there. There's meaty bolognese sauce and cheese. So there's, there's definitely... It looks all right. It's not on the worst thing. Of, on a scale of one to ten, one being awful and ten being thoroughly edible looking, <laughs> what would you give it? I'd give it a seven. Seven point five. A seven? <laughs> I'm going to talk nice. your hands on it's behind. Seven point five. While we're on the subject of chips or fried foods and things, mm. there, did you see there was an article that came out the other day? The, uh, the top YouTuber in Japan, one of the top ones, called Hikikin, a guy who beatbox he used to be a top beatboxing dude. Right. And then he kind of became a YouTuber as a result. He's now brought out his very own YouTuber chips. I saw this on Kotaku. I do like a bit of Kotaku. <laughs> there's, a, there's a guy who writes um uh, he's based oh, yeah. out there and he and he just does like basically he's clearly got a copy to file and he'll just take a picture of like the Tokyo <laughs> Tower and go, Here's a picture from Tokyo, I've done my work for the day. Goodbye. Um uh, <laughs> I met him briefly, he's a nice bloke, but he um he he did a piece on this guy, and I was like, I'm sure I've seen that guy before. But he so when he was a when he was a um, when he started out doing um, beatboxing and stuff, he became really big like that. Mm. But then he had some kind of makeover, and now he's this kind of larger than life kind of bleach blonde hair, bespectacled chap. Uh, and now he's on our crisps, Chris. Now he's he on is. our crisps. It's his new, it's his new kind of ploy to make money. Seems a bit <laughs> desperate to me. I mean. 
Maybe they're good. I don't know. I didn't see what flavour the chips were. YouTuber <laughs> flavour. I don't know. But I think I think it might have been ready salted. Actually, weirdly, I think it was something rather dull and well, tasteless. It might work then. <laughs> I saw the the packet at his face, like <laughs> on images it. of his face, like all over it. Which is I don't know if that's a thing you want to see while you're diving into the YouTuber chips, but uh, YouTuber crisps. Yeah, it's all very strange. Weird. If if you were if you were going to have um, some crisps, yeah, chips? Where, what kind of Japan crisps? what flavour would they be, and would they have cheese bolognese sauce on them? I think they'd be very bitter, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like yeah, like myself. I don't know. I'd probably flavour them like with disappointment flavour. I don't know. <laughs> Earthquake. It's not every day you get to think up your own flavour of crisps. No, no. What's the sauce for me? Definitely. And I don't think I d- I don't think we'll be. Uh, Bringing out any crisp flavoured merchandise or any crisp merchandise anytime soon. I mean, that's just to come and get Not... me for the crisp companies, isn't it? Really, they're, they're, they are <laughs> salivating at the idea, literally, because their office is covered in crisps. Um, uh, emails. Uh, it's probably time to sort of wrap up and do some emails before we uh, chip off. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, as always, it's abroad in Japan podcast at gmail dot com. That's abroad in Very Japan. Original name. <laughs> abroad in Japan podcast <laughs> at gmail dot <laughs> Com. Uh, obviously, this week we're talking about space, and you guys have kind of you've kind of led the jury a little bit. You've led the uh, you've led the courtroom. You've started talking about how small uh, some of your uh, apartments have been. Uh, is that right, Chris? Yeah, we got a story. One of my favourite emails that you guys sent in was a, a girl called Emic in uh, I think Hiroshima. She says, "Just a funny thing happened to me in my small one-room apartment. In, I went away for three days on a trip to Hiroshima, and when I returned, I had a strong odour." hit my face as I walked in the door and quickly realised it was soy sauce. What? I thought maybe a soy sauce container spilled, but no. Soy sauce was seeping out of the walls <laughs> from above the stove. I've included pictures, and she has, and they're horrible. Oh, um, so just she soy continues, sauce coming out of the there walls. Was, <laughs> like a horror There was film. so much, it was like an ocean of soy sauce. I called the apartment <laughs> owner, but they never got back to me, but it never happened again. Oh. Like, what a, that's that's ridiculous and the pictures are horrible it's, she's just got a stove and then just this like the wall is just covered in like soy dripping sauce. soy sauce that's uh, horrible oh, I, so it's, it's definitely, that hasn't ever happened to me so. no I mean is Emic uh, I thought Emic was a like a shortening of Emmerich the German male name so if it's a girl it's a girl um, I know soy sauce has a smell so Emic here she's um She's inferring here that she never licked the wall. Now, I'm calling bullshine on that. Oh, she clearly God. licked the wall. She clearly licked the soy sauce off the wall to know it was soy sauce. All right? That's what I'm putting out there, oh, Mick. Uh, no, no judgment. <laughs> I would do the same. But you did lick that wall. Admit it. <laughs> a wall of soy sauce. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've also got some uh, an email from Tyler. Tyler! Who went to a capsule hotel. He said... I travelled to Japan last year for the first time and I made a few crucial mistakes. Uh, I stayed in a capsule hotel where I accidentally broke several small rules, like when to wear slippers or where to take them off. And every time something happened, the same guy was always there uh, to point out that I was making mistakes. And while he was nice about it, it was still embarrassing for me. Finally, I wandered into the capsule area and crawled into my capsule. I took a few moments to get situated. Uh, And then, as I went to close my little curtain... I realised my third mistake. I wasn't in my capsule. I what? got <laughs> he got into the wrong capsule. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't wasn't just any wrong capsule. It was the guy who had been lecturing him all evening on his many <laughs> etiquette mistakes. Uh, and apparently, the guy turned up, looked in the capsule at this at uh, Tyler, just sort of sat there and was just stood there awkwardly shaking his head in disbelief. <laughs> what a great way to kick off your first trip to Japan ever. Oh, can you imagine just sort of going, well, you've helped me out today, sir, so oh, your good. reward is a nice spooning. <laughs> On a scale of one to awkward, that is that's pretty spectacular. <laughs> uh, but do send your emails in to abroadinjapanpodcast at gmail.com and, uh, yeah, thanks, Tyler and Emic. Yeah, they were, they were brilliant. <laughs> soy sauce, soy sauce walls. Coming out the walls. And, uh, some rather spectacular faux pas. 
with capsule hotels. <laughs> there was um, there, there was well, a little just... there was a little bit else with, with Tyler's uh, email. Uh, he did mention that he just couldn't find his way out of Shinjuku uh, Station. Now we talked about this before. I think with situations did, yeah. like Shinjuku Station, just just get a coin locker and live in there. You live in Shinjuku Station now. <laughs> it's like a city. Well, Ty- Tyler said in his email before the bit where he went to the capsule hotel, he said like I got lost in Shinjuku Station and I couldn't find my hotel. And he said he was like, in there an hour or two, and he thought about going back home to the... Like, literally flying back home because he was getting so depressed. <laughs> he couldn't get out of it. It is. It's and an emotional got... mind problem. And then he, he walked around Shinjuku for a bit, couldn't find the hotel, and then he got in a taxi, and the taxi driver was like, oh, it's here. And they drove for, like, 30 seconds, and he found the hotel right away. <laughs> going back to what you were saying last week. You get yeah. lost, dive into a taxi. I know, Let right? taxi driver be your guide. Yeah. <laughs> Top tip if you get lost in Tokyo. Get in a taxi. Find a taxi. Oh, man. Uh, well, thank you for all your emails. Um, and thank you for spotting the show. Thank you for reviewing uh, the, the Abroad in Japan podcast. I mean, this is very much your gig, Chris, but, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm just as thankful. Learning as we go. It's- yeah, yeah, it's been good fun so far. So if you are, yeah, if you're enjoying the podcast, please do give us a nice little review on the iTunes Store. Mm. It's pivotal, pivotal. I can't even speak. Pivotal, <laughs> pivotal. at this moment when we're uh, <laughs> still learning how to do it. Um, but yeah, no, please uh, be favourite, be nice, be nice, be nice, just be yeah. nice. Even if you've got soy sauce nice. coming out of your eyes, be nice for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> no matter where you might be in the world, thanks for listening, guys, and have a good day. See you next week. Bye. Don't lick your walls. <laughs> <laughs> This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.